You're listening to a podcast of New Covenant Church. Join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. in Pompano. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Mother's Day. It is good to be with you. It's good to see your faces. Welcome to everybody who's watching from home or about to watch from home or listening. Uh, my name is Adam. I'm the pastor here at the church and just excited to be together today. Uh, we are glad to just take a minute to say we love our moms. Um, and I know that you know, Mother's Day can, can be a mixed bag for, for all of us, right? We've uh, we, we have mixed feelings, emotions going on about uh, our own situations. I was sharing earlier with some of our team, like, so thankful for uh, my wife, who's an amazing mom. I'm thankful for my mother-in-law, um, who's part of this church. And I'm also thankful for my mom, but she's not here anymore. She, she passed a couple years ago. And so even in that, it's just a, there's a lot of emotions. And I'm sure even in your own life and and story. There's, there's a lot there, and, but we, we still just want to say we love our moms, and if you're uh, not a mom, but you, you have absolutely been uh, a figure in other people's lives or will be a figure as, as uh, a woman, a godly woman, we are just thankful for all our women here and um, hope that you feel loved and blessed today. We, we do have a few things set up in the back for after service, uh, there's some gifts, uh, little gift bags that have uh, soap, I believe. Yes, soap. <laughs> it's not a commentary on we want you to be clean. I just, you just enjoy the soap. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we also have just chocolate and treats and other things out there for everybody. So after service. And then there's a little photo spot if you want to take photos with your your family or by yourself or friends, whatever, there's a spot there for you as well. And so after service, just make your way back there and just enjoy some of uh, these things to help us celebrate this great day. And, it, and those things are for all women. Yes. Thank you, Nikki. Yes, they're for all, all women. Um, so today we are continuing our Jonah series, and so we are going to be in the book of Jonah which is uh, sometimes hard to find, as you can see me rummaging through. Normally I have my little tab in there, but I don't today. Uh, Yeah, so Jonah is towards the back of the Old Testament. So if you go to Psalms, just head to the right a bit, and you will find it uh, hidden away in the... In the Old Testament, it's a very short book, so you, you probably will miss it if you're not careful. Um, but we will have the scripture on the screen, as well as if you need Bibles, we have Bibles in the chairs around you, and so you can grab one. Um, we're going to be in Jonah 1, verse 11 through 16. Can we stand together as we read God's Word? Jonah 1, verse, uh, verse 11. They said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. And he said to them, Pick me up, hurl me into the sea, then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it's because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rowed hard to get back to dry land, but they could not, for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore they called out 
to the Lord. O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life and lay not on us innocent blood for you. O Lord, have done as it please for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. This is God's word. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this day already as we've just been singing about you, singing to you, thinking about you, praying to you, thanking you for the gift of mothers. We thank you, God, as Nikki shared earlier, just that you have created us in this way, in this fashion, that we are all here breathing with life because of a mom somewhere. And whether our our memories of our moms are good or bad, whether our own life is is has worked out the way that we have that we would have liked it to be or the way that we expected it, whether or not that it has met those expectations, God, you have you have given us life through mothers, through parents, and we're thankful for that, God. Continue to redeem in us the things that are broken to make us whole. Through your word, God, we find life, and through your spirit, we are made new. And so I pray that that would happen this morning through the preaching of your word. Teach us, change us for your glory and our joy. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You may have a seat. Storms. Storm, storms. I was thinking about the first storm that I could remember, like the first like real intense storm that I could remember. And I, it's funny, I had this very clear memory as a kid. Uh, I was in New York at the time, I was growing up. It was 1985, which seems like forever ago. Um, it, it is forever ago. Uh, 1985. And there was a, it was actually a hurricane was heading our direction. Now, if you've ever lived in New York or know anything about the Northeast, like we don't, like, yeah, in South Florida, we deal with hurricanes all the time. We're like, we we have a a way about, (laughs) a way about viewing those things. But in New York, back then, like, it was, it was a thing. It was crazy. And it was a big storm. It was a big storm heading our way. And it was Hurricane Gloria. And they were calling it like the storm of the century. That's at the time. They were saying it was the storm of the century. And I just remember being a kid and just, kind of freaking out about this storm that was heading our way. And I remember it so clearly. And uh, my mom and I, my parents were separated at the time. My mom and I were living in a, in a townhouse. And so it was like two stories. And, you know, we didn't have like hurricane shutters or storm windows. That like, I don't even think we had air conditioning. Like, I think we had like a stupid window unit, you know. It's just one of those things. And, and so do you know what you did back then? At least the common thought was when a storm was coming, do you know what you did to protect your windows? Yep. Tape. <laughs> I mean, it's so laughable now, but you put tape. And I remember, like, masking tape, like, like across, like, you'd make a big X. It was almost like we thought it was, like, old Israel. If you, like, put the X, the storm would pass by you. You know, like, the, the, the plague would leave you. 
put tape on the windows. That's just what people did. And because now it's so funny, it's like literally one of the worst things you can do. Um, and I was looking at a website of like storm preparation and it was like the top things not to do in a storm. Number one, don't put tape on your windows. They said not only is it useless, these are literal words, not only is it useless, but it actually can make things worse because it like makes the pieces that break off larger and more deadly as they're curling in your house. And I was like, it's just so interesting. The things we reach for when storms come, the things we try to do to, to protect ourselves, to guard ourselves, how do you feel during storms? I, just, I remember, I, as a kid, I just, I never liked storms, ever. And, and I know, like, some of you... You like when it rains. You like, you're like, oh, it's a beautiful thunderstorm out. And, you know, it's like, it's a great thing. I've never liked it, not once. But, that, but I'm not talking about, like, how do you feel during those kinds of storms. I mean, how do you feel during storms? Like, real storms. Difficult, big, howling, scary storms. I remember being scared as a kid because I felt like we just didn't know what to do. There wasn't anything to do. And I also felt like my, my mom, my parents, they, they didn't know what to do. It just, storms have a way of impacting us because they're scary, they're unpredictable, we can feel helpless. And it's not just weather storms that do this. These are the storms of life that also come at us regularly that we, we can struggle. I mean, this, this hurricane was like 35 years ago, and I remember it. And I remember the wind, I remember the, the thunder, I remember our preparations, the stupid tape. Like, I remember how the lights went out during the storm and didn't come on for a while after. Storms have that kind of power. And for the storms of life, they force us to ask questions. They force us to look at our own lives and, and, and ask some serious questions about who we are and what we trust in and what we hope for. Where do we look for comfort when storms come? That's the question. And see, storms have this effect on us. They have this revealing effect. They expose us. They bring out stuff that's inside of us to, to the outside and stuff we didn't even always know was there, were there. We, 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 are, we are thrown at times and it, it pushes us to evaluate our lives to go, okay, when storms come, what do I do? And what is it, what is it bringing out of me? What is it revealing in me? See, this series as we're going through Jonah like we're picking up this story in the middle of a storm, and we talked a little bit about it last week, about when storms come, and when they come, they reveal, they do things in us. It's doing something in Jonah, it's doing something in the sailor's life, this storm. And the subtitle of this series, the kind of theme that we're trying to hit on that we all can relate to is like, what do we do when God doesn't make sense to us? What do we reach for when storms come? What are we, how do we think? How do we process when the storms of life hit us? Are we just putting tape on the windows? 
See, we pick up this story in the middle of a storm, and just to recap a little bit, right, Jonah, this man, Jonah, he's a prophet of God. He is one of God's guys that, that God speaks to, and then he goes and speaks to the, the world. He speaks to his people usually to tell them what God wants and what God doesn't want. Well, this is an unusual story because God comes to him as a prophet and says, no, I want you actually not to speak to our people. I want you to go speak to the Assyrians. I want you to go to Nineveh. Nineveh was the capital of the Assyrian empire, this wicked people, and, and they were. They were bad, bad, bad. He says, I want you to go to them and tell them to stop doing their bad stuff or else I'm going to pour judgment on them. And Jonah says, no, I'm not going to do that. Actually, I'm going to, I'm going to do the opposite of that. And so Jonah gets on a boat, goes to, the, to sail to the other side of the world to get away from the very thing that God wants him to do. And it says it over and over again early on. He is running from the presence of the Lord. Something you cannot do, something you should not try to do, but he's doing it. And he knew better, but yet he's doing it. He's going. And so it says God hurls the storm on the sea. They're, they're the sailors, the captain, they don't know what's going on. But there's a big storm, big enough to scare them. Sailors don't get scared. But this storm was a God-sized storm. Something different about this storm for them because they're like, we, we need to figure out what's going on here because this isn't the normal kind of storm. And so this, <laughs> this storm is throwing them, is scaring them. And it's all because Jonah is trying to run away. And the storm is causing all kinds of trouble for everybody but Jonah. Jonah has them caught up in this mess, and they're all trying to figure out what is going on. And so we learn, we learn some things about how storms impact us, that they have this revealing effect. They bring out things in us that we don't always know are even there, and it's difficult and often painful as storms can be. It's a good thing when storms expose us. It's a good thing when we are challenged, when we are revealed, because that's, that's how we grow. That's how we get better. That's how we, we change. That's how we grow closer to God. And it's not the way that we want it, man. We don't want the storm. We don't want God to use the storm to help us. We, we want him to, to help us in the way that would be the most comfortable, the easiest, but it's just not how God works. And we have to believe that that's what's best for us. That's what we talked a lot about last week. Storms reveal all kinds of things in us. And that's what we're going to talk about today. What they reveal and, and, and how that looks in our life. And then what are we going to do about that? So the first thing I think we see, and this is like the most obvious, is that storms reveal our fears. They reveal our fears. Right? Storms can have a different impact on all of us, but the big storms of life, they, they pull out of us fear. And fear is complicated, right? Like we don't, we don't fully understand fear. We don't fully understand what we're afraid of, what we're not afraid of. And sometimes we don't even know what we're afraid of until the storm comes to kind of wake us up to that. I'll give you an example. When I was a kid... Um, I was 
I was scared of like normal kid stuff, you know, like the dark and monsters, whatever, like that. But I was not, what I was not scared of, I was not scared of elevators, okay? Until one day I was in an elevator and it stopped moving the way it's supposed to be moving. It stopped working. I got, I was a kid and I was actually with my father and we were in, in a big building, the elevator broke, stopped. Quickly became fearful of elevators at that moment. I just, I remember like, it's so crazy how these things, they stick in your head. And my dad like got on the phone, like his little phone in there, like something I mean, you never ever use, but was used at that moment. And so like, it's crazy how in that moment, from that point on, I had a fear of elevators. I'm okay now, I can go in them. But there was a long time, man, I did not want to get on an elevator. And so, look, I mean, small storm, but it affected me. Now, let me continue on. Also, when I was a kid, <laughs> scared of the normal stuff, now you add in elevators. And another storm hit. My father died. Seven years old. Crazy enough, I, as, I was re, as I was thinking back to Hurricane Gloria, I was looking at when it actually hit, and it hit literally two months before my dad died, which is so wild to me. I was like, I was, it was like making me think about all kinds of things about like my life and how I remember that, those events, and like it was so, such a stark memory. And then two months later, another storm hits in my life, a, a, a real emotional, crazy storm. Pretty much out of nowhere, my dad, my dad passes. Now, if you had asked me as a seven-year-old kid, are you afraid of death? I probably wasn't even thinking about it. I said no. But this storm uncovered a whole new fear, and from that point on, I was just so impacted by the loss of my dad. And then worried about then losing my mom or losing other people and now that has just carried through i'm sure like you you have your own story about how experience life experience has has uncovered has unearthed things in you in us storms have this way of revealing fears and we could start talking about well maybe that storm caused this fear in your life well maybe but i think all that stuff is in there because we are frail, fragile, complex creatures and, and, and we're, we're broken. And often it takes the littlest thing or maybe the biggest thing to, to kind of open our eyes to something that we didn't realize existed. And then now that storm has kind of opened the floodgates to something else and we are, we've dealt with trauma, we've dealt with hurt brokenness, and probably still, you, me, we're dealing with stuff from years ago that, that have happened because of a storm that came into our life, and we fear those things. We fear more of that happening. And I bet if you ask these sailors who, are, who are, made their living on the water, dealing with storms, like, hey, guys, are you scared of... of Storms, are you scared of the ocean? They'd be like, are you crazy? If, if we were scared, we would never be able to do what we do. But now this storm hits and they are 
They're, I mean, it's just, they're, they're terrified. They're terrified. And look what they're doing. They're, they're doing everything they can to get out of this situation. I mean, why, why are they so afraid? Because storms like this cause fear. Fear comes strong when we encounter something like this that we cannot control. We feel out of control. We feel helpless. We feel hopeless. We're confronted with something so much bigger than ourselves. And we start to reach for the things that we think will help. And they're doing that, and they're not helping. They're throwing cargo over the boat. They're, they're trying to row harder. They're calling out to their own gods, saying, would you help, help, help? They're at the complete mercy of the storm, and it is scary. And this is what happens when we, we enter storms, right? We, just, we get so focused on the the thunder, we get so focused on the, the rain, the, the waves, the wind. And that's all we can see. So we get caught up. It soaks up all our attention. It's the only thing we can focus on. And we start to realize, man, there's not many places that we can go for help. And then where we actually go for help, what we reach for during those storms is a, is a revealing element for us about what we're putting our confidence in, right? And so storms reveal our fear, and then fear, what we fear, what we are afraid of, it starts to reveal our confidence, our trust, our hope. What are we putting, <laughs> what, are, what are we hoping for to get us out of the storm? Because when we're afraid, we start reaching for help, and what we reach for reveals what we trust in, right? I mean, these sailors are in trouble. They need help, and so they're calling out to their own gods. They're begging for help. Nothing's happening. They're like, okay, what else do I know? What else is in my experience? Okay, we're too heavy. Let's start throwing stuff overboard. Maybe that's going to help us get out. All right, let's just, let's row harder. We know how to do this. We're rowing harder. Nothing is happening. They're like, oh, wait, there's a guy sleeping downstairs. What about him? Let's go talk to him. Maybe, maybe he knows something. Maybe he has a God that will help us, that will get us out of this trouble. They start rolling dice right? Casting lots, drawing straws, whatever you want to call it. They're, they're starting, they're just using their superstition like, okay, help, something has to get us out of here. Everything they thought they knew, everything these guys were trusting in, everything they had their confidence in is failing and failing miserably. And they asked Jonah, what do we have to do to get out of this thing? Because their superstition, their drawing straws, whatever, they're casting lots, it actually pointed to Jonah. And we know that that's God just putting a highlight on Jonah. And so they're like, oh, it's you. What do we do? How do we get out of this thing? And then he says something so strange. What does he say? He says, throw me overboard. He says, throw me overboard. And I think... I think we, that's lost its strangeness to us, right? Because we're like, yeah, that's what you do, and then the fish has to come, and the storm stops. Like, that's what happens in the cartoon. But, like, just be in the moment for a second. Like, pretend you don't really know what's coming next. And, like, hey, Jonah, I think you, we think you're the reason for this. What do we have to do for this all to stop? And he says, just throw me over. Just pick me up. Hurl me into the sea. 
this is really telling. He says, then the sea will quiet down for what? For you. What's Jonah not doing? He's not talking about why really the storm has come. There's zero focus on God and who God is and what God's doing in the moment. He, I, Jonah, fine, he's, he's being a nice guy. He's like, I feel bad for you guys. I brought this on you, so just toss me off and you know, you'll, you'll be all right. Look, we don't know for sure why he, he goes down this, this road, but look, I, this storm is revealing all kinds of things about Jonah and what he's trusting in. It, we still don't see Jonah sorry for what he's done. We don't see him repenting. We don't see him acknowledging the fact that God told me to go to Nineveh and I'm disobeying God and actually God is, is, is causing this storm because of my disobedience and honestly, I think I just have to do what God wants me to do. I need to trust him. I need to go do what he's called me to do. So can we turn the boat around and go to Nineveh and I, I'm, everything will be all right. No, he says, I want you to throw me overboard. See, Jonah clearly was not afraid of this storm. This storm had, it did not scare him. How do we know? Because he's, he's sleeping downstairs. Have you ever been asleep on a boat when it's not doing so well? I mean, I've never been on a, a ship that, you know, small in size, but we've been on some, some boats. I've, I've had some chances to be on some ships in the course of my life, when it's rough seas out, like, and you're sleeping, it's horrible. Especially if you're not an experienced sailor. I mean, you're rolling around and everything, but he is, he's chilling out, he's fine, he's, he's at the bottom of the boat, sleeping, not caring what's happening to these poor people, he's not caring about his mission, he is just fine. See, his fear, what was revealed, what, what, what was revealed in him about his fear and about his confidence was that he did not... The storm for Jonah was going to Nineveh. The storm for Jonah was going to tell a people that he hated that God wants to show mercy on them. We learn that a little bit later in the story, but that's, that's Jonah's storm. And what he's doing right now is, is, is revealing what he is putting his confidence in. He's trusting in himself. He's trusting in his own idea about how things should go down. God told him what he's supposed to do, and he says, no, I just throw me overboard. I think Jonah thought and was totally fine with being thrown overboard and dying in that water rather than going and doing the thing that God had called him to do. To him, death was better than going to Nineveh. And so you have these two things going on, what people are trusting in. You have these sailors that are unbelievers. They don't care about God. They don't know God not at the beginning of the story, and they're calling out to their gods. And you know, in that culture, in those ancient cultures, I mean, there was a God for everything, right? You had a God that would handle the water and a God that would handle your work and a God that would handle your family and a God, like, great. So they're calling out to all these gods. Every household had their own God. I mean, and, and they're, they're trying to figure this out. They're reaching for the things that they thought would help them and nothing's working. Then you have Jonah, the guy who knows better, not calling out to his God, but saying, listen, I know what's best. Throw me over. You guys will be okay. I'll be dead. We'll all move on with our lives. Both are wrong. And we have to learn in our own life, 
What is God calling us to? What, what does he want from us in the middle of storms? And so the question is, well, where is your confidence? Where are you putting your confidence? What do you see yourself putting more and more confidence in? You see, this is so tightly connected to our fears. Right, as storms come, our fears are revealed and we start to see what we're trusting in more and more and more and more. What do we protect ourselves with when storms come or when storms are on the way? What are you trying to, to, to build in your life? Because storms are coming, right? That's for sure. They're always going to be coming. How are we preparing ourselves for those storms? Are we putting tape on the windows? What are we doing? We're building up our bank accounts, building up our reputations, building up our friends list, building up our education, building up our bodies. None of those things are bad. What becomes bad is when we start to trust in that when we start to make that our God, when we start to say, I know what is best and I am going, I'm going to make my life bulletproof from the storms of life by doing, you fill in the blank. And if that blank is anything other than following the Lord, having a, having a relationship with the God of the universe, Trusting him, obeying him, living for him, not perfectly, but through Christ doing this, then we will fail, we will fall, we will be in trouble, we will sink to the bottom of the ocean. Because we try to do all these other things and it's like putting tape on the windows. It's not only useless, it will make things worse. And in our minds, it makes sense. But in reality, it will destroy us. It will end us. It will, because those things will fail. See, Jonah, Jonah's problem, like our problem, is a conviction, a lack of conviction, or a, a conviction that says, I cannot fully trust God. Because he's not working for my good. That if I fully surrender my life to God, he will not be committed to working everything out for my good. That's what we start to believe. And that is the opposite of the message of the Bible. We are, we are told, taught, shown that God works all things for our good. That storms come into our life so that we would grow, we would strengthen, we would be changed and it shows us what we are putting our confidence in and what we put our confidence in will reveal who our God is. Confidence reveals our God. Storms reveal our fears. Fears reveal our confidence. And that confidence will start to reveal what our God is or who our gods are. Because we all start to raise them up. We start to build them 
What do we reach for when storms come? Those things that we want to go for, those things we want to reach for right away, it's, it's revealing for us. I'm putting too much trust in this because I've put too much trust in this. It is becoming a God. It is becoming, the Bible calls them an idol because they're false, they're fake. See, these guys, the storm was growing worse and worse and worse, right? It says the, the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore, they called out to the Lord. It's, it's unbelievable how the unbelieving sailors are teaching all of us what is most important. Jonah is not. And the irony that Jonah is running from an unbelieving country that has... You know, the foreigners, he wants nothing to do with them, and so he gets on a boat and he's stuck in a storm with foreigners, with unbelievers, who are, he's supposed to be helping and teaching and rescuing, showing them the true God, and they're the ones going like, just tell us. Like they're begging to be taught, they're begging to be shown, and... We see Jonah not acting the way we think a prophet of God should be acting. Ultimately, everything we put our hope in will become a God to us. And the storms help show us what we are turning into a God. And do you know how you know? Do you know how you know if those things are becoming gods in your life? Because when they are threatened, and you feel that stuff rising up in you like, you will never take this from me. Those things that we feel are, are, are threatened to be taken away from us, that is a good indicator. When we start to, to fight fiercely to get those things back, we start to see, okay, this thing is becoming, is taking an unusual place in my life. Uh, we're starting, I've been taking my kids through um, the three Hobbit movies, and then we're getting into the Lord of the Rings, and it, they're just such amazing stories. J.R.R. Tolkien, you know, wrote these, these great masterful books, and, you know, the, the whole story centers around this ring, this ring, this precious ring that when it's there and it's in your possession, it's just a ring at first, and it's pretty, and you start to see it has some power, and it could be used for good, and then it starts to take over, and it starts to corrupt, and it starts to 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 engulf the person so much so that they can't let it go. And you, it's just the perfect picture of sin in our life and those false gods that we start to create. We start to see it and it is everything to us and it's just a silly little ring and all of a sudden, if you start to, if you want it, you're trying to take it from me, I will kill you before I let you take this from me. What are those things that we build up in our lives that we try to live for? We see how much we love something when it's threatened to be taken away or in danger of being taken away. And there are so many things that we try to live for. Just take one. If you're, if you're living for the approval of other people, right? Maybe this is something we can all relate to in one way, shape, or form. Because even if you say, I don't care what you think, right? You're like, I don't care about the approval of others. Well, I don't believe that. Because I think when we make those statements in the other direction, we're just, we're just manifesting the same thing, just in a, in a contrary position. But let's just say we, we care about the approval of others. 
And if all I do is live for the approval of others, kind words, applause, whether you like me the way I look, the way I sound, the way I make decisions, then I will filter everything through that lens. Every word you speak to me will go through that filter. Do you like me? Do you not like me? Why'd you say it that way? Why'd you not say it that way? Why didn't you say more about that? Why, why, would, why, did, you, why did you just walk past me when you, you should have said this to me? Like, right? And everything starts to come at you. And it's filtered through that. And so, because it's so important to us, when we feel like it's being threatened or taken away, if we feel like we're being disrespected or disapproved of, we're crushed. We're crushed, we're broken. We start to go, well, what do I need to do to, to, for people to like me more? Or if we get the approval, right, then it's, it's great and we start to feel good. But then what happens, it's like, well, that was good for a second, but I need it more. I need it from everybody. And we get into this cycle, this cycle, this vicious, vicious prison that leaves us longing for freedom and hope, and peace, and life. And that's just one thing. What are all the things that we try to, to live for in this life besides approval? We, we, we live for success. We live for money, significance. We live for, to, to be valued through how much we have done. And, and, and look at all that I've done. Do you, do you not see it? And do you not appreciate it? Friends, there's nothing wrong with any of it. But if that's what we reach for in those moments when storms come, we are in trouble. We're in bad trouble. Those things sink in storms. They promise to save us, and they won't. And that's why we need to trust in the one true God, right? Storms reveal our fears that reveals our confidence, that reveals our God. We want storms to reveal in us that there is only one hope for us. There is only one place that we can go, and that is the Lord of the universe, the one true God. Jesus is that God. See, Jesus is the, the true and better Jonah. Jesus said in the New Testament that something greater than Jonah is here, and honestly, that doesn't seem like a high bar because Jonah is not great in this story. So what is Jesus saying when he says, I, something greater than Jonah is here? Because look, there is a similar story in the Gospels. Matthew and Mark uh, have this story of Jesus and his guys in a boat. And what's happening? Storm comes. This is in Matthew 8, if you need to find it. Matthew 8 or Mark 4, you can go read about the story. But they're in a boat. They're trying to go to the other side of the sea, and a storm comes. And guess who's sleeping at the bottom of the boat? <laughs> Jesus, he's sleeping in the boat, and the, his buddies are coming up and being like, Jesus, don't you care? Like, this, this is going to kill us. And Jesus is calm. They wake Jesus up. They're saying, we're going to die. And he's like, you're not going to die. And there's this amazing intervention. The storm stops and after it stops, the people who are still on boat are, are even more scared than they were before. Jonah said to the sailors, look, there's only one thing to do. If I die, you survive. Jonah said, if I die, you will live. 
And this is what Jesus has done for us. Jesus was thrown willingly into the storm. When he was on the cross, Jesus took the storm for us, the ultimate storm that we all will face one time. That is the storm of death, of final judgment, of justice. The only storm that really can sink us is the storm of justice, what we owe for our our wrongdoing. And Jesus took that for us. He took that on himself. He died so that we could live. He is, see, Jonah, Jonah, in a human sense, just said, look, get me out of the boat. I'll die. Everything will be okay. For you, for these few sailors, Jesus said, I'm going to take the storm for all of us, for all of you, because I love you, because I want to do what my Father has called me to do. And see, us understanding this, really understanding this, keeps us from being like the sailors that, that say, God, don't you care? Don't you care about us? So when we're going through our own storms, this is what we want to say, right? God, do you, do you not see me? Do you not care about me? And Jesus says, look, I have shown you that I care. It doesn't mean storms aren't going to come, but they, it does mean that you will have freedom in the storm because of who I am and how much I love you. Do you believe that? See, this is what, Jonah is not just this fairy tale that we look at. It's a story to point us to something greater, something better, something amazing. And and there's still so much more in this story that we're going to learn from. But this helps us so much that what he did for us in the ultimate storm so that now when we encounter our our little storms, we can trust that he will be there for us. He won't abandon us. He cares. You have a God who cares for you, who loves you, who says, "My, my, my burden is light. My yoke is easy. He says, I want you to cast your anxieties, your cares on me because I love you. Don't put tape on the windows. Everything else is tape on the windows when the storms come. It will do nothing. It will sink. Trust in Jesus. Put your faith in Jesus. If you've never done that, do it for the first time today. Commit your life to following him. If you are a Christian and you have been, but you are tempted to trust in these other things like I am tempted to trust in these other things, it's a reminder for us to run back to him. Let me ask the worship team to come on up. When storms reveal our fears, we want to take that fear and we want to turn it into trust. Trust in the only one who's able to help us. So here's what I want you to think about as we as we finish. Storms will come. Maybe you're in a storm right now. Maybe the storm is on its way. It's not meant to be a downer. It's just the realities of life. If you're a mom, it's just one big storm. It's just one big storm. Just some intensity kicks up every now and again, but 
No, it's just, this is, this is the reality of life. Guys, look, we, <laughs> it's never easy. It's never simple. It's always complicated. It's always hard. And as things get revealed in us and we get exposed, we're like, oh, wow, man, I didn't realize that was in there. I didn't realize I was trusting in this. I didn't realize this was, that had become so important to me. And, and all of even the best things will become insufficient, fake, dangerous saviors for us if we're not careful. So here's what we need to do. This is just, the big to do is trust in Christ. Trust, trust, trust in Christ. Go to him, run to him, believe in him, put your faith and hope into him. But as you're doing that, here are some just practical things to think about as you leave from this place and you go out into the stormy world that surrounds us. I want you to really think about labeling your fears, letting them go, and living with purpose. Let me explain. We have to take ownership of the things that we are starting to trust in. We have to identify them. We have to identify what we're fearing. It, it, it's one thing to be like, yeah, I'm scared of some things or I'm fearful of this. No, no, it, we, need to, we need to take ownership of it. We need to label it. We need to identify it. Say, I fear rejection. I fear death, sickness. I fear failure. I fear poverty, whatever, whatever it is. They're and there's nothing wrong with fearing those things in and of themselves. But we need to label them and we need to bring them to Jesus, okay? We need to let them go. And what I mean is this. We need to turn it over to God. We need to take those because we can't just take, oh, Lord, take all my fears. No, it helps us when we are focused in, okay? These sailors, they're calling out to their gods. They're throwing cargo over the ship. We, we need to throw our cargo over the ship, okay? But it needs to be the right cargo. It, it needs to be Jonah, right? Jonah needs to go. So we, we need to go to God with our fears and say, Lord, would you take this? I'm, I'm putting my trust in my own wisdom, my own ability. I trust in the approval of others in order to feel significant and worthy. And, and God wants to come to you and say, no, I, let me take that. Let go of that. And once we do that, now God has called us to live with a purpose, to live with, to, to leave that stuff behind and to live in a new way. Like Paul said it this way, he said, I'm forgetting what lies behind and I'm, I'm reaching forward to what lies ahead for the upward call of the, the prize of Jesus Christ. Like we go forward living with purpose, saying I am going to intentionally live as though God is the only answer. I'm going to live not like fearless life. I don't want you to get like, I'll never be fearful again. That's crazy. You will. But we can live in a way where God is acknowledged first and we go to him first and we say, God, would you help me? Would you take this? And we're in our Bibles. We're in prayer. We're in church. We're loving other people. We're, we're, we're not letting other people shipwreck us we're not letting the government shipwreck us we're not letting policy shipwreck us we're not we're not going to sink because we fear that god for some reason is taking a break we're going to go forward trusting in him
That's the purpose God has given you. And I want to encourage you to live in that with everything that God has put into you. Trust him. Let's stand together. God, your love for us is so deep. It's so great. You have given us all things. Help us to trust you, to put aside the fears, to put aside those things that we are trusting in to save us that will only sink us. Help us to live for, the, for you, the true Jonah, the better Jonah, that your compassion over us is so great, is so strong, that we would see you as our only option, our only choice. Help us, God. Save us. We need you, Lord. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Let's sing, church.